Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. In this season, we are asking God to break every barrier to the treasures he has for us in his word. With each guest, we will investigate what tends to keep us from the word of God, whether rooted in our upbringing, season of life, culture, environment, personality, or in our very own mind. As you listen, examine your own life and be encouraged. God is greater than all the barriers, and he will stop at nothing to bring us near. Hi, podcast listeners. Tickets to Dayton Women in the Word's Spring Conference through the Book of Joel are on sale now through March 15th. For more information, visit DaytonWomenInTheWord.com slash YetEvenNow. That's Y-E-T-E-V-E-N-N-O-W. Enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Um, Today, I am uh, with my friend Rob. Mm -hmm. So as you know, generally speaking, our guests on the podcast are women of the word. And Rob is one of a very select few number of men that we've interviewed on the podcast. So this is very exciting. Um, I'm your host, Bethany. So Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Mm -hmm. what your current season of life looks like? Okay, yeah. So I am a native Hoosier. Uh, I uh, was born and raised in Brookville, Indiana, which is about 45 minutes west of Cincinnati. And then uh, I went to college at Northern Kentucky University. And there, through uh, campus ministry during the summer, I met a lady who went to Murray State University by the name of uh, Angela. And so uh, we, our first date was January 16th of 1993. And then we got married July 15th of 1995. So two, two days ago was when Absolutely. the anniversary of your first date. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly right. And thank you for reminding me of that. And so I'll make sure that I gift her in some way. And so um, so we've been married for uh, 24 years. And then we moved to Dayton uh, in 1999. So we've been uh, in Dayton, even though we're not natives of Dayton, we've been part of Dayton for you know quite a bit of time. And then uh, God in his uh, grace, granted us kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, I always tell people we have had six children, (laughs) uh, but four of them uh, we've been able to see because we've had two miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our oldest uh, girl is Rachel Bethay. She is a student at Cedarville University. And then I have a senior in high school by the name of Gabriel Aaron. And then I have a sophomore in high school by the name of Christopher Graham. And then I have a seventh grader uh, by the name of Chloe Elizabeth. Uh, And then um, she will probably cringe (laughs) here in this podcast. My wife will because I'm including two other entities. Uh, We have a cat, Pearl. (laughs) And uh, for the past six, uh, five, six months, we've... Uh, we have a dog by the name of Milo, so that is our uh, that is our family makeup. And so, uh, just recently, uh, not too far in the past, late July, 
uh, I started a new position where I'm director of discipleship and training at the Bridge Church in uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, south, uh, just south of Nashville. And um, because Gabe is in a senior year, I'm dividing my time between Nashville uh, and Dayton. And then uh, in June, Lord willing, uh, we are moving uh, from uh, Dayton uh, down there. Mm -hmm. And so that is a a season of ministry that the Lord has opened up to us. That's awesome. Um, Well, as um, our listeners might remember, this season we are talking about breaking barriers to experiencing God through his word, because we know Mm -hmm. the Bible is a book about God, Mm -hmm. not about us. Um, So one barrier that we recognize um, in creating the season and thinking about what, you know, topics we wanted to address was that often we can be our own biggest barrier to the Mm -hmm. word. Um, So many of our team have been very helped by the tool of the Enneagram Mm -hmm. um, in understanding ourselves and our relationships. So we thought it would be nice um, to talk a little bit about what this tool or even similar tools um, Mm -hmm. might be useful for in the life of of the believer for understanding themselves and then being able to understand themselves in the light of what scripture says about us mm-hmm. as we come to God in his word. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rob, you have become, um, I believe you're a coach, right? Mm-hmm. An Instagram coach. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell, um, our listeners who might not be as familiar with the Enneagram, mm-hmm. what exactly um, it is and how somebody, how you um, may have personally benefited from it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So um, I'll really try to be succinct uh, with my answer, which is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a pastor for many, many years uh, in uh, Dayton, and uh, it was very apparent uh, to me that um, my gifting and ability was extremely mature, but uh, the infrastructure of my soul Mm. uh, was woefully, sinfully uh, weak. Mm. And uh, so I am part of a tribe uh, that falls under the title uh, Fallen Pastor. Mm. And... Uh, in my journey, uh, the Lord, in His grace, granted me repentance, mm. um, and was in His Spirit through His Word, started doing some intense reconstruction uh, of my soul, uh, and oh, uh, boy, did it need it! Mm. And so I went through a period of intense discipleship and training. I've, in fact, not. I'm sorry discipleship and counseling, Mm -hmm. uh, went away for three months. Um, and it was interesting that in terms of repentance over, if you want to say the title sin or sinfulness, uh, God granted repentance, ran away from that. God, uh, reconciled and kept my family together Mm -hmm. Um, and God restrained in that journey so much evil and mm-hmm. collateral that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize for every Rob that is sitting with you this morning for this podcast, there are many other Christian leaders that may be even contemplating taking their life mm-hmm. because of 
things that have been done, secrets um, that they are trying to deal with. And so here I am, and on paper, there it was there was just rampant evidence for joy mm-hmm. of uh, repentance. Just, but I I was seeing that whoa, there what is going? There is still some things that were very very hard for me mm-hmm. to work through. Uh, hard in how I was reading scripture mm-hmm. and in terms of prayer, and and I I realized it it wasn't just simply quote unquote guilt for my actions. Mm. Like, in fact, I think when we see, especially Paul in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, when he talks about the thorn in his flesh, Mm. it's very obvious that whatever that was, whatever that pain is, whatever the thorn is, it was uh, a catalyst for uh, humility and Mm. seeing the sufficiency of God's grace in his life. So, but it just seemed like there was all these tethers, mm-hmm. uh, these uh, snags, maybe I should say, that w- were inhibiting me in terms of my growth. Mm-hmm. So I went, I started uh, doing it just a deep dive mm-hmm. on issues of our soul, our character, and how God has created them, mm-hmm. and more counseling. Um, and so stumbled upon the Enneagram, uh, you know, it's interesting. The Enneagram is so trendy right now Mm -hmm. to the point that people Mm -hmm. don't even want to talk about it because it's so popular, but it's actually been around for a long time. There is nothing new under the sun. That's (laughs) absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it's, it's actually a very ancient tool, Mm -hmm. so ancient that we're not sure exactly what its roots are. And so I, I think it's just been this, this uh, method of thought or the way of looking at human agency that by and large has kind of proved itself over and over again at just helping us assess who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our personalities are so complex. Mm-hmm. And it, so I partnered with a ministry called Cross Point, which is out of uh, southern Indiana, just right across the river f- uh, from Louisville. And by the way, I, I, this is a shameless plug, um, there was a book that was written called The Relational Soul mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Richard Plass okay. that is excellent. And it was through that book that I stumbled upon the Enneagram. And so... And when people say it's a personality assessment, mm-hmm. it, that's actually, in my opinion, not as precise as it mm-hmm. needs to be, mm-hmm. as I feel like it's a processing instrument mm-hmm. more than a personality instrument. Does that make sense? Because yeah. mm-hmm. personality instruments usually gauge of how, like how you relate to other people. Right. And really, the Enneagram helps you see how you process other people, how you process God, mm-hmm. how you process other people, but especially how you process yourself. Mm-hmm. And and what it captures, so our human personalities are by and large formed by um, our, our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all born in sin. We're born uh, with enmity against God. Um, 
and then um, we have wounds. Mm -hmm. So, and those are going to be ways that people have sinned against us. Mm -hmm. So there's our sinfulness, the way we sin uh, in our sinfulness, but uh, wounds, the way people have sinned against us. What's going to be huge in that category is our family of origin. Mm -hmm. uh, our family of origin is, I, I think, one of the most underutilized areas of emphasis mm -hmm. in viewing our human personality. And then weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Weaknesses is the third category. And Scripture talks about in the mm -hmm. New Testament our weaknesses. It mm -hmm. just, just our fallible, inept, foolishness, uh, and how we just do things. Mm -hmm. So those form a, um, kind of a triple threat at times <laughs> uh, or a crucible in forming our human personalities. Mm -hmm. So the Enneagram is, it means nine, mm -hmm. and it's nine, if you want to call it nine types, nine temperaments, mm -hmm. uh, nine ways that we... Uh, view, uh, you know, God, view ourselves, and uh, view view others. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that I, I too, was under the misconception of what what the Enneagram, the, the depths of mm -hmm. um, the rabbit hole that you can go down in right. understanding it. Because um, when, I, when I went to grad school, we had to do all sorts of personality assessments for different things. Mm -hmm. And when I first you know, found out what type, you know, I was in the Enneagram. I was like, okay, this is just the Enneagram version of my Myers-Briggs type. So right. neat. And then um, I kind of forgot about it for a while and got, got back mm -hmm. into it and just, you know, really kind of looking more, like you said, about the intention of what it highlights, those weaknesses and those mm -hmm. motivations, those core motivations and reading more about my type mm -hmm. in the context of, the motivation aspect, not not how I outwardly portray myself, which right. obviously, you know, scripture tells us that, you know, we act out of the abundance of our heart. Sure. Um, but it also can be easy to, you know, project an image that doesn't always highlight what truly is going on inside. Yeah, absolutely. And so absolutely. Learning, learning more about that, you know, inward motivation mm -hmm. piece it really helped me kind of understand, you know, the how this is, you know, not the same as every other, you know, it's not a buzz, BuzzFeed quiz. It's right. not, you know. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that that really helped me in my own personal study of. I think what you're out. saying there in terms of motivations is key because um, I think a true statement, but a very scary statement is we are our motivations. Mm -hmm. and And if we're brutally honest, that is rarely without sin. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm not sure there's ever a time that uh, it's there's not you know sin is not intermingled in mm -hmm. our in our motivations. And I think the key with the Enneagram is we are very complex people, mm -hmm. and we're very nuanced people. And the Enneagram has in it the capability of capturing those nuances. Mm -hmm. And so, and if you just simply go to a quiz on the internet, you know, you'll get a number back mm -hmm. and it may say things like, well, this is your wing, this is your arrow, this mm -hmm. is your line, which 
is okay if if you're not orientated mm-hmm. to the Enneagram. But what it doesn't capture is um, what we call your resourceful scores mm-hmm. and your non-resourceful scores. Your resourceful scores are when you are operating in how God has created you mm-hmm. in a life-giving way. Mm-hmm. Non-resourceful, um, or maybe if you want to use a more direct term, underbelly score mm. is ways that you are going to live out of a false, mm. a false self. Sure. So um, mask wearing mm-hmm. is part of what it means to be a sinner. And I woefully found out that um, when you wear a mask, not only does um, it fool other people, mm-hmm. it fools the one who's wearing the mask. And I think the the gr- and then on top of that, mm-hmm. greatest tragedy is that people don't love you; they love the mask, mm-hmm. and so. It's extremely isolating. Mm-hmm. And, but the good news of the gospel is God is never fooled by the mask. Mm. And he loves you. The wretched you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was in many ways when I started getting traction in my life, Mm -hmm. movement, if you will, um, is seeing the false self, Mm -hmm. or maybe I should say this, the false selves, plural, that I was roping in Mm -hmm. to give me capacity to relate to the world around me. Um, And I don't have to do that. And... You know, the adage that our family has adopted, especially over the last three three and a half years, is clarity is our friend. Mm -hmm. And the tough thing about that phrase is (laughs) you may not like that clarity, right? (laughs) True. But even if you don't like it, it's your friend Mm -hmm. because you know something definite. Yeah. So... You know, we've talked we've talked about you know motivations, personalities, temperaments. Mm-hmm. How how do those things um, form a relationship between ourselves and God's word? Mm-hmm. So, um, we never approach God's word as robots, right? Mm-hmm. As these uh, as these mechanisms that are simply run by numbers and on and off switches. Mm-hmm. We don't. Uh, in some ways, we probably wish for that at times, uh, but we bring our whole, and this is key, we bring our whole selves mm-hmm. uh, to the Word. And, you know, I learned in seminary all kinds of tools for hermeneutics, which to this day has been utterly foundational mm-hmm. in my study of the Word. I think what what I diminished, I'm not blaming any prof for this, what I diminished is the role of repentance before any hermeneutics. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I I'm, I think we need to go into the word repentant mm. 
and then dwell in the word, repentant, and then applying the word repentively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, therefore, um, when we read the word and we, we hit some type of barrier, mm-hmm. rather it may be, I'm not quite getting this, even though we're using all the tools as mm-hmm. much as possible, sure. rather that be word studies and commentary help and counsel from other people within mm-hmm. the um, you know gospel community. Uh, or we uh, we have this maybe visceral reaction mm-hmm. uh, to something that we read uh, in his in his word, mm-hmm. um, or we're having a we're having such a slow time in applying it. Now we know theologically, in some ways, there's simple explanations: sure. idolatry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there's all, there's some type of idolatry going mm-hmm. on, and yet we also know that we can recognize that theology and repent of that, and trust in His promises. But what what is still going on in terms of motivations, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like rampant fear, maybe just visceral anger? Mm-hmm. Well, I would argue that we're still working through probably those other categories mm-hmm. of uh, wounds mm-hmm. and and weaknesses. So, n- not not to backtrack too much. I when I think about sin and what sin does to humans mm-hmm. and human personality, you know, sin is sedition, which means it's rebellion. Mm-hmm. That's it's flat out rebellion. Sin is also slavery. So we see in Scripture that we are either going to be enslaved to God or enslaved to sin. Mm-hmm. Either way, there's sin enslaves you. That's what it wants to do. It wants to take over and enslave you. Well, the third is sin is also sickness. And you know, I come I come out of the Reformed tribe, and and I say this lovingly. I don't say this in any type of condescension. Uh, but I think our tribe has done a phenomenal job at talking about sin as sedition mm-hmm. and to degree sin as slavery. I'm, I'm not sure we speak enough of how sin is also a sickness. Mm-hmm. And, and you see, like even the metaphors that are used in Scripture about sin, mm-hmm. it, you see sickness all over the place. Yeah. It makes our minds... Mm-hmm. We literally become insane in our sin. We become foolish. Our our minds are darkened. Our our eyes are blinded. Our our mouths, our our ears become deaf. Uh, Jesus calls himself the great what physician. So so therefore, untangling in our sanctification process, how our wounds and weaknesses continue to bear down mm-hmm. on not only how we can read scripture but especially how we implement that scripture in our in our life i think is helpful mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah, yeah okay um so how would you say um understanding ourselves um possibly even through you know the lens of the enneagram how does that assist us in hearing from the lord the way he intends us to hear from him yeah so 
I think it could be a tool in the uh, interpretive task of Scripture. Remember, I said A. I didn't say the only. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not an Enneagram with a capital E. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a and tool. Yes. Like it, it's one of great, many graces that God uses uh, uh, to help us to interpret Scripture. Mm-hmm. It is a common grace. It's a common grace tool. Mm-hmm. I want to be very, very uh, clear about that. Um, and then I also think um, that it is helpful in making us aware of mental snags, mm-hmm. maybe why we react with, again, sh- certain strong mm-hmm. emotions uh, to uh, the word. If there are some motivational issues uh, that are going on. So here's, if I, I'll use a real world example. Mm-hmm. So I struggle deeply. I'm a two. Oh. Yep, I'm a two. I'm a two with a high dose of wing three. Oh, yep. interesting. Okay. Yep. So, and threes can, um, because I'm a wing three, there's also some ambitiousness, mm-hmm. achiever. Mm-hmm. But the my, my non-resourceful score is really high mm-hmm. in that as well, which means that I can be a helper mm-hmm. and be extremely empathic, but I can also look at another person and transactionally. Mm-hmm. And that means I need them for my significance. Mm-hmm. Outwardly, it looks like I may be humble mm-hmm. and helpful and loving, uh, but my motivation is extremely narcissistic mm-hmm. and, and extremely selfish. And that's my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So, Therefore, I can have deep, deep fear of man, mm-hmm. like almost paralyzing fear of, of other people. Well, I, I know Jesus says in Matthew, do not fear those who can kill or maim the body, but fear the one who has the power to throw you in hell. Mm-hmm. I, and fear not is found 365 mm-hmm. times in Scripture. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also helpful to know that I grew up in a home that was tyrannical in terms of anger. Mm-hmm. And when there was anger in our home, you didn't move mm-hmm. because you had this deep fear that anger was going to be unloaded on you. Mm-hmm. So, that is helpful for me to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually helps me be empathic toward other people, other twos, and that maybe fear of man is just a huge, mm-hmm. like it's all over them. Um, and more times than not, there's a commonality in our story. Mm-hmm. So it actually is an aid to help me even minister and to serve them more. Um, and so um, uh, by unearthing some issues of 
family of origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what the Enneagram cannot do um, is I don't go to the Enneagram to help form who I am theologically mm-hmm. and the declared identity that Christ has for me, according to Ephesians mm-hmm. Ephesians 2. I have that. Yeah. I have that in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people who really go off on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. who maybe have never even taken it, I think that's where they make some assumptions mm-hmm. that we're using it to form our ultimate declared identity. That's not what yeah. we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're we're actually trying to figure out what are the snags and trips and boulders and pebbles and uh, sharp nails that are in the journey of us living out that uh, declared identity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, as a as a fellow too, so my oh, no. my I know right. That's not good. Bust for out, interview. bust out the tissues. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a two with like a heavy one wing, um, mm. and it's been oh, interesting. Yeah. You, you so are a one. <laughs> it's been interesting, just you know, as I've learned um, more about the enneagram. You know, I've I've been on this planet thirty plus years, and so like I've. You know, I I see how I react to certain things and like what mm-hmm. what things are hard and um, learning about the enneagram has you know helped me kind of quantify this is maybe some of the reasons why this theme is repetitive. Again, not a mm-hmm. crutch, not mm-hmm. like well, I'm I'm this way because I'm a two and that's just how it's going to be. Um, right. That's not that's not what it's about. But you know the two's core longing is, you know, to be wanted and to be loved. Right. And it's been interesting because I think, you know, everybody, because of their wounds and because of their mm-hmm. experiences, you know, we always come to scripture with having that kind of veil over our eyes when we look at God in scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he is so faithful to give us multiple kind of characterizations of him. So we see him mm-hmm. as a father, we see him as a friend, we mm-hmm. see him as a um, a lover. And depending on our relationships with those human equivalents, sometimes that aspect of, or mm-hmm. that picture of God gets very messed up in the mm-hmm. process. So like, I'm down with, mm-hmm. you know, seeing God as a husband and all that, but my earthly father, that's a mess. So like right. all these God as a father passages, I can't get down with. Right. Um, and for me... I have always struggled with like truly feeling like wanted and desired. And so Mm -hmm. I have like historically tried to skip over those passages that, you know, talk Mm -hmm. about like God pursuing you. And like Mm -hmm. Hosea has always been really hard because we have Mm -hmm. this very visceral image of a husband pursuing his Mm -hmm. wife. And I was just like, okay, that's great for the Old Testament. But like, I can't, I don't really feel pursued so like this image of like mm-hmm. god pursuing me aside from like sending his son in salvation like i can't wrap right. my mind around it because i don't feel like i've ever experienced that here mm-hmm. and i remember going through hosea with date one of the word two years ago mm-hmm. and just like god wrecking me that like you know your core longing is to be like desired and pursued and not just for what you give and like how you serve. Mm -hmm. But I've done that. Like I've done that when you were at your worst, not Mm -hmm. when you were here, you know, 
being a Martha and serving people out the wazoo. Like, no, mm-hmm. I did it when you were actively running from me. Like, right. I came after you. And so knowing knowing that, you know, because in some human relationships I feel, mm. you know, undesired or unwanted or whatever, um, that that shouldn't prevent me from seeing his evidences of pursuing us in Scripture because that's who he is. Absolutely. So... I'm listening to you, and of course, I'm a two, you know, wing three, so there's lots of overlap, and I resound in so many ways. And eight, sitting here, would say, you don't feel, you just trust, <laughs> and you just go right to uh, do. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I have friends. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my dear friends in the world is, is an eight. He probably won't take the Enneagram. Because he's an eight, yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, and that's where it's not helpful mm-hmm. because all of us, again, none of us come to scripture with an absolute blank slate. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, people, there are people who really resound with commands, mm-hmm. and this is what it says, and this is what you do, mm-hmm. and that is true. Yeah, like to do lists are your love language. Yeah, absolutely, like- <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but they may have a harder time understanding some of the emotive language of mm-hmm. the Psalms. Uh, they may have some. Uh, they may have a hard time dealing with aspects of God's character that are, if I could say this term, that are very motherly nurturing, mm-hmm. and how God relates to uh, his his people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need all of it. Mm-hmm. We need all of it. And and so, and so I think it is helpful understanding why we react to scriptures uh, in in certain ways. And and I may get in trouble for saying this. I don't always think it's just the answer of we just well we're just prone to disobedience. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think that's a little. I think it's a little bit simplistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's other things that are walk that we're walking through. And if you go through church history, you see, even though there's no categories of like the enneagram and, and none of these personality assessments. But, but what was Martin Luther? That's right. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's actually who I was going to talk about. Oh. So you have you have you have a Luther who probably made friends and cut off friends mm. daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have your Anselms. You might, my hero is the hymn writer, uh, William Cooper, uh, who wrote some of the most beautiful things, pastored by John Newton. Mm. But William Cooper tried to kill himself five times. Mm. And... Him and Martin Luther probably would not be good for each other, mm-hmm. um, and so, um, and so I think as we understand if there's that there's more of an understanding of who we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that's helpful. Yeah. Um, and you know, and there's even further research with the Enneagram that. So there, you know, there's triads. Mm-hmm. So the eight, nine, and one 
is your gut triad, mm-hmm. where you kind of process life through your gut intuition. And then, and then your next triad, like your two, three, and four, which is us, is going mm-hmm. to be your heart triad. Mm-hmm. And then your five, six, seven is going to be your cognitive processing mm-hmm. type of triad. And each one of them has emotion that they're particularly trying to resolve. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. The heart triad is always trying to resolve a sense of shame. Hmm. We're trying to, in other words, shame is a very easy emotion for us to feel for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that we're always trying to resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, Sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent. No, if you need okay. to edit that out, that's fine. <laughs> we like tangents here. Okay, good. <laughs> we, we we say that God is over the tangents and the rabbit trails. So it's fine. That's really funny. Um, I love. I can't remember if it was in um one of Susan Stabile's writing. Mm-hmm. She has she's done a couple of books, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about resources here in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that. I think it was either her or Beth McCord. Um, described it, you know, where like Jesus is the only human example where we have somebody encompassing all of the nine Mm -hmm. temperaments in one. Right. Like we are not created to be able to embody, you know, all of them. Right. Um, But we need to figure out how to do life with the eight other temperaments. So I think that that that's been something that, you know, like you mentioned being, you know, a tool for ministry, just, realizing my shortcomings and like some people, Mm. some people are like, Oh, it's so negative. It's always talking about like my weaknesses. I'm like, I think you don't have the right view of what weaknesses are useful Mm -hmm. for, but you Mm. know, seeing my own shortcomings, even as this, you know, quote unquote type that like always wants to, you know, help people, my own shortcomings in serving others Mm. and how that has affected my, you know, my role in the church and, you know, Mm -hmm. serving and hospitality and in teaching, you know, I teach, you know, 40 plus students every year who are all going to have different Mm -hmm. um, primary temperaments and how can I um, leverage my weaknesses in a way that doesn't harm them Mm -hmm. um, and learning who they are and how to better, um, better serve them, better love them. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I need to learn how to speak the language that they are hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard the phrase that the presenting problem is rarely the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like um, the church that I'm blessed to be a part of right now, they have a very intense vetting process. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, because culture fit is very, very important. Yeah. Um, and I think when you are dealing with other people, serving other people, uh, you're you're dealing you're not only dealing with their behavior, you're again dealing with their motivations, dealing with uh, the battles that are going on mm-hmm. uh, inside James four. Um, and then, but also, if you are working with a team, mm-hmm. and you're bringing other people onto your team, mm-hmm. you we usually go right to what can they do, mm. which is very important. But we, we, I don't think we soak in how 
does this person contribute to the team mm-hmm. culturally? Yeah. Um, and when there are snags mm-hmm. uh, or there is a breakdown, whether whatever it may be, sure. inside or outside the church, uh, it's there's all kinds of things going on at a mm-hmm. motivational level. Mm-hmm. And, and so like when we're hiring, uh, unfortunately we can tend to hire people who are just like ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, which can be great for all sh- in the short term, yeah. not good for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, um, you know, like I have a friend who uh, I was on a team with and probably one of the most misunderstood people mm-hmm. I've ever known in my life. And, which made him feel very at times on an island Mm. and people tend to, it seemed like people always felt threatened by him. Hmm. And, and now was there times that he was sinful and said things he shouldn't have said. And (laughs) absolutely a lot of the time he was asking lots of questions Mm. because he didn't understand. He was being very direct with his questions. He was being very clear with his questions and and he, and I think he's either probably a one or an eight, which mm-hmm. people are typically threatened by, mm-hmm. and and so I think if people if people would have understood that more, mm-hmm. they would have seen the, seen the asset he was to the team, mm-hmm. um, and so um, so I think when we're if we are called to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are obligated to figure out all the different ways that we can love mm-hmm. our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Not only do what we find out in Scripture, in the bare reading of Scripture, mm-hmm. but whatever other common grace resource, as long as it doesn't explicitly mm-hmm. run against Scripture, we use whatever we can to mm-hmm. to love our neighbor. Yeah. And... Our neighbor will rarely be where we want them to be. Mm. And I would go further. We are never <laughs> right. uh, where we want to be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I think the, where I think the Enneagram can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, what, if any, resources would you mm. recommend um, for people who are curious about learning more about the Enneagram? Enneagram, but also, you know, coming from the right, you know, mindset that it is a tool. Yeah. So a lot of people know Ian Crone as um, a person who has written a lot on the Enneagram. I believe he's written two volumes Mm -hmm. on the Enneagram. Um, And then uh, the lady that you mentioned um, earlier. Susan Stabile. Yeah. I think... Um, they're great introductions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely uh, ways that maybe they talk about it that I don't, wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, Crosspoint Ministry, uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, you can go and you can get in one weekend certified in the oh, Enneagram. Wow. Uh, they have weekends devoted to it. It's mm-hmm. two and a half days. Uh, it, I mean, it is a, it is a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely is, lot at one time. Which the fives probably eat that up. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. 
uh, I'm a two, so I just wanted to hang out with people. And and they are doing a good job of making sure Mm -hmm. that they keep bringing it around to the gospel, Mm -hmm. to the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, that has been uh, very, very helpful Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, There are... Two other resources that have absolutely escaped me in this oh, no. moment. That's okay. We can always can circle we... back and add it to the show notes. Yeah, I was going to say. So what I'll do is I'll make sure I gather those resources. Sure. And uh, whoever's listening to this podcast, please make sure yeah. that you look at the notes because we'll we'll have uh, probably a yeah. a wider breadth of resources for you for the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I think the first the first person that when I started lightly looking into things because I needed like small chunks to digest mm-hmm. that I found helpful um, was, and I found her on Instagram was Beth McCord, mm-hmm. um, who's your, mm-hmm. her handles, your Enneagram coach. And I, I just loved how, f- you know, forward she mm-hmm. was with, this is a tool meant to, you know, supplement what scripture already, you know, like you said, right. our identity is in scripture. It's Absolutely. not, it's not in a Myers-Briggs. It's not in a number. Absolutely. Um, so her, her information was helpful for me just on a very beginner level, right. easy to access. And then, um, this summer, um, this is like podcast inse- inception. Cause I'll recommend, um, a podcast on the podcast, but Annie F Downs has a podcast called that sounds fun mm-hmm. and her, uh, she did a series this summer called Enia summer. And each week she interviewed a guy and a girl mm-hmm. of each temperament. And so it was really interesting to see, um, the same number, but coming from like a male, female perspective, mm-hmm. some guests were single, some married, mm-hmm. um, I remember listening to the two episodes. I'm like, oh, this will this will be cool, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how how are these strangers answering these questions the same way I'm mm-hmm. answering them? So I I thought that was and those are nice like easy listens. Yeah. So yeah. Um, as we kind of wrap up our time together, are there mm-hmm. any last um, any last little tidbits you want to share with our guests before we close out? Mm. So j- uh, I would say first of all. Uh, to remember that the Enneagram is not reductionist. Mm-hmm. Um, you are in Christ, right, before any type of temperament or anything else. Um, when it comes to the Enneagram, we, are actually, we have actually all nine of these mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. We just tend to yeah. uh, process through one, and sometimes two, um, you know, types of, of temperament. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say that you may go through the Enneagram and as you walk through it, you may uncover or see with more clarity further layers Mm -hmm. of sinfulness and weakness and wounds. And depending on, I hate to keep going back to this, but depending on in many ways your temperament, Mm And how you process yourself. Uh, for some people, that's like, and honestly, what's for me? Wow. I'm so glad I know this. This is really hard mm-hmm. to understand more of who I am, but I'm glad. Yeah. Others don't process it that way. And they process it as extremely condemning. Yeah. And, and I just want to reiterate that 
the gospel, the light of the gospel breaks through mm-hmm. the thickest darkness. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm sure you have said this before or thought this before, read this before, maybe you've even quoted this before in, um, in your ministry. Uh, you know, my... One of my greatest heroes is John Newton, who I mentioned earlier. Realized near the end of his life just what a wretched life that he had lived. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, even after his conversion, he still had a few years where he was still the owner of a slave ship, even Mm -hmm. after his conversion. Mm -hmm. So he was going to his deathbed with lots Mm -hmm. of wounds. Mm -hmm. I mean... Tons of wounds, losing his eyesight, starting to lose his mind, and um, and as he's dying and he realizes he's dying, he just simply says, um, "I know uh, that I am a great sinner," mm-hmm. and then he also says, "And I also know that He is a great Savior." Mm-hmm. So. I am testimony that God can take the deepest ash heap Mm -hmm. of a life and say, Lazarus, come forth. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so my hope is that people hear hope Mm -hmm. because we are empty tomb people. We are not only cross... We're not only formed by the cross of Christ, we're also formed by the resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I would encourage today. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Rob. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Mm-hmm.